to, well, some of my audience from that downloads all my shows, but also my speech students. Uh, yeah, this is Edgar's Class Audio for the week of March 30th, 2020. Uh, what I plan to do here for this, um, well, call it an audio fireside chat, call it a podcast, whatever. Uh, it's just going to pretty much just be like a couple of uh, thoughts I have about the class moving forward since it's a totally remote online class right now. And probably just clear up a few things about the class in general. So it shouldn't last more than 15, 20, 25 minutes. But if you listen to this entire thing, it's definitely going to help you with the class moving forward. All right. Um, so anyways, uh, what's at the top of my list? Well, obviously, since we're in the middle of a pandemic, this class has transitioned from a face-to-face class to an online class, or if you're my Saturday class, you transition from the hybrid to online. So basically, every class that I'm teaching, with the, exec- with the exception of my debate program, is completely online, and that is okay. Um, the way that we utilize and the way that we succeed moving forward is by recording our speeches. So I want to talk about a little bit about your recorded uh, video and the best thing, the best things that you can do to make sure that you have a good presentation. Because a lot of students are getting like lower scores, not because they're speaking poorly, but because their public speaking context isn't great. Um, For starters, you have to assume that I'm in that living room with you as well, and I'm going to be wanting a full shot of you behind a podium with an audience that I can hear. Okay, so let's break that down one by one. The first and probably most important thing is that whenever you're recording yourself for a, for a video that you're going to send to me for class credit is that I can see you in the entirety behind some sort of makeshift podium, okay? I've got to be able to grade your gesturing and your posture and whether you're using note cards or not and gesturing with those note cards on the podium, all right? It just has to be done in order for us to survive this class and the pandemic, I've got to be able to see a full shot of you. If that means recording outside, that's totally okay. Or in a bigger room, that's totally okay as well. Um, Secondly, as far as the podium is concerned, do not worry so much about the podium. You need to have one, but I'm not going to grade you down because your podium is three boxes stacked on top of each other. It's more important for you to have some sort of makeshift podium or dresser or table that you're standing behind so you can put those note cards on the podium so you can gesture, okay? Now, things that aren't nearly as important, well, I guess sound is important, but your audience. Uh, I've noticed that people are still getting a pretty good public speaking, um, I guess, speech presentation with or without an audience. Obviously, it's going to be extremely important to you to have an audience in the future whenever you're delivering speeches, but I think myself, along with the Higher Learning Commission, are going to give you a pass this semester because it's a pandemic and audiences simply aren't allowed. You could even say in the future, I'm sorry, I'm not great at public speeches. Whenever I gave a speech, it was during the coronavirus pandemic. Having said that, Try to have an audience if you can, but don't make the context so awkward that it makes you deliver a terrible speech. I would rather you deliver a speech that I would give an A to instead of you being so uncomfortable delivering this to your friends or your very judgmental family and then you read the entire speech and rush through it because you want to be done with the process, okay? I'm not going to be... 
ultra lenient because we're in the middle of a weird semester and you guys revert back to some really terrible public speaking per, uh, uh, you know, tips or I'm sorry, tricks and things like that. You're still going to have to speak to the audience. You're still going to have to have good eye contact. And that hasn't changed as far as like how you can get an A. You can still practice your speech five times before you record it. And if you feel like you're not going to be good in front of an audience at home, just do it without an audience for the first couple of weeks. All right. Now, the last thing I want to talk about as far as like recording is make sure that you have good sound and make sure that you can deliver your speech without whispering and uh, other um, other sound is completely gone, right? Now I know. Now I know a lot of you have like these huge Hispanic households, and it's so impossible to be quiet. But you've got to find a time to deliver this speech where you have no one in the room and you can present. Hey, you have public speaking class free time, so go somewhere where you can deliver this speech that that, that is extremely quiet. And if it takes you an hour or an hour and a half finding a place that you feel comfortable doing it, please do so because it's just not a good public speaking context if there's a lot of sound in the background. And also, Ibarra, it wasn't just you uh, that had, um, what was it called, smoke detectors going off. There was another student that had smoke detectors going off as well. So make sure your smoke detectors have correct, have some batteries in it anyways. That's just good real world advice right there. Okay, let's see here. Let me make sure I'm still recording. All right. I'm not sure how long I've recorded. Oh, about five minutes, so we're doing pretty good. Um, I want to now move on to uploading your video to YouTube. Make sure whenever you upload to YouTube that you set it to public before you send it to me. Otherwise, I'll just send you an email back saying, hey, set this to public. I can't grade it. And if this gets past the time that you're supposed to deliver your speech, then you may get a zero just because you didn't set it to public. More often than not, I'm not going to do that, especially if I can see the email chain that says you did that. And also, you can delete these videos. It's not my intention for you to keep up your YouTube video for the end of time. This is just something that you can do to get your message from me to you, and as soon as I'm done, you can delete it. But make sure that you have a grade first, because you ha it would be terrible if you had to re-record just because you deleted it prematurely. All right, those of you that are uncomfortable deliver putting it on YouTube, not because it's public, but because you're just uncomfortable with YouTube, understand that it's 2020 and YouTube is very easy, okay? It's very easy to record yourself and then upload it to YouTube, so don't be scared of it. It's kind of like me doing this audio. I'm not scared to do this audio. I just want to press record and get it done and submit it to you all, okay? If I was nervous, I, it might take away some, some really good opportunities. So those of you that are having trouble getting me your video because you keep sending me movies or videos that won't open or you can't put them on your, you know, on your email, understand that if you just simply record a YouTube video, all you need to do is send me the link, okay? And again, just be self-sufficient. Go to YouTube and figure out how to upload videos to YouTube. It actually might be easier than what you're actually doing. All right. As far as like your outline and bibs are concerned, these are coming in pretty smooth. Uh, make sure you email them to me. Um, it'd be great if you could email me your outline and your bib and your video all at the same so I don't have to have like a list going uh, of people that have already submitted their outline and bibs but haven't submitted their videos. It would just be a lot more easier for me, but I'm not going to make it a priority. 
Speaking of emailing me, my email address is jason.edgar at morton.edu. You can email me anything. You can email me your outline and bib. You can email me your recorded video. You can email me questions about this class. You can email me questions about what's happening at Morton or in Chicago or in the state or anywhere. I'm here to answer your emails. Think about my job, folks. I'm in my pajamas right now giving some sort of weird weekly lecture to my students. So I have plenty of time at home to answer your emails, especially if they're simply just questions about the class or the pandemic. I'm keeping up with it, so if you have any questions about the pandemic, feel free to email me. It's totally okay. I'll answer any questions you send me. All right, so for some of you, this may not be anything that you need to worry about, but for some of the classes that haven't done the fallacy quiz yet, that is coming up, and I think I'm really close Robert, this is for you, <laughs> to getting this quiz ready uh, to submit. Uh, and so once it comes time for you to take the quiz, make sure that you study the persuasive fallacies, okay? You've got to study the, uh, the name of the fallacy and the best example. I think online it's going to give you three different examples. You've got to make sure that you're doing, uh, you're gonna, you have to make sure that you're doing the multiple choice correctly. Sorry to my class, I had to do a matching quiz, but obviously we took the quiz before the pandemic started. So those of you that haven't taken the quiz yet, that's going to be online, and I will be sure to send you all the links and uh, the verification codes and things like that. And make sure you study because you only have three minutes to answer 12 questions, and the reason I do that is so you can't go back and answer the questions. All right? Here's another extremely important thing for every single person that's listening to this video. You can now, because of the remote online aspect of this course, you can make up any speech that you want as long as it has a zero. So for example, if there's a student named Jessica Gonzalez who missed the very first speech, the extemp speech, she can do that speech like she's done the previous week or so speeches where she's videotaped it and sent it to me or recorded it and put it on YouTube, send it to me and you will get credit, albeit a letter grade you know, uh, reduction. Now, why am I redu reducing a letter grade? Well, again, there has to be some sort of time issue because in public speaking, you've got to deliver your speeches on time. However, in this class, if you present a speech outside of your of the time constraint, you'll still get a grade, and you're still going to get it's still going to be much better than a zero, right? So, if you're missing a speech that is zero out of fifty, and you deliver it, I promise you, as long as you have a good public speaking context, you're going to get forty five out of 50, which honestly is an A, so or pretty much an A minus. So make up any speeches. I'm talking to you, somebody that has one or maybe two speeches that they need to make up, okay? Because because of the remote remote acts remote type of class this is right now, I'm not going to remember who's done what makeup speeches and say, oh Jennifer, you've already done one, you can't do any more. You are in such a big opportunity now to to make to bulk up your grade by doing any assignments that you have a zero for. Now take, for example, someone, let, oh, let's talk, let's take Sergio, for example. I'm not going to tell Sergio to make up his extemp speech or his demo speech, or I'm not going to tell Jennifer to make up her informative. The onus is on you to figure out what speeches you have to make up, prepare those speeches, record those speeches, my little baby's in the background, and send me those videos, okay? Send me those links or whatever you have so you can get credit for every single class speech that we do. Okay. 
Um, this next thing I'm going to talk about is probably going to have its own Blackboard announcement. You should always be on Blackboard, hovering around Blackboard in the event of a you know crisis like this magnitude. But I do want to give you all a heads up that you no longer have to do an outside evaluation where you go out in public. For starters, the president has already said we need to be practicing social distancing for the next month. And so we're not going to be able to go to any big functions anyways. Now, if you've already went to a huge speech and saw a speech live, you can still do your self-evaluation on that and send it to me. Or if you've been to church and you want to just do the two-page narrative and send me the outside evaluation, that's fine. I'm speaking to the people who have not went and saw a speech so far. Your new outside evaluation is actually going to be a self-evaluation where you're going to watch one of your videos that you've done in the past and critique yourself for, for about a page or two. I might not even make it two pages anymore. I'll still probably make you push maybe a, a page and a half if I'm being totally honest, but I'm speaking off the cuff here. But once again, the outside evaluation is going to turn to a self-evaluation because the aspect of this coronavirus is that we can't be in big groups delivering speeches, so that would be unfair to you to get a zero out of 100 because the CDC is telling you not to be in groups, but I'm telling you you have to go watch a speech. So for the rest of the semester, if you want to watch one of your speeches you've delivered and write an outside of, or a self-evaluation about what you did good, what you could improve on, and the context, I will accept that. All right? Now, um... I don't necessarily want to go over uh, everything we've learned in persuasion so far uh, or in the class itself because it might take forever and I don't want to, I don't want to take a lot of your time. Uh, but remember the persuasive aspects that we've already talked about in class, like the logos, the ethos, and the pathos, the, lo the, the, the appeal to logic and emotion and credibility. All these things are important to utilize in your speech. The logos, for example, making sure that you have strong evidence. The pathos, this should be more subtle and genuine and you only see it in your voice. And the credibility, making sure that you're turning in assignments in a timely manner and presenting speeches with a good context. If you do those three things, even Aristotle will tell you that you're going to get a good grade in Mr. Edgar's class. All right? Um, it's also important to remember the three different types of persuasive speeches, which are fact, value, and policy. So on the off chance that my number one podcast listener, Aaron Scott Walker, is listening, yes, these are the types of debate topics that you had in public forum and in debate, where you have a fact, where you argue a debatable fact, like uh, let's say President Trump has handled the coronavirus epidemic well. That would be a debatable fact where you could take one side or the other. Or you could do a value speech like most of you are doing in, a, in, in some of the, like, the nightly classes or my Saturday class where you're comparing two things that are alike in nature, like Michael Jordan is better than LeBron James. And the third type of persuasive speech is actually what everyone is working on right now or at least moving forward for their second big speech is that policy speech where you recommend a course of action. Now, if you're listening to this little lecture here, this little Edgar Fireside chat, and you are preparing your persuasive speech but don't yet know what your policy is going to be, ask yourself, what does this sound like if I were to say it in a sentence? If it doesn't have the word should in it, then it's not going to be a policy topic. 
Policy topics are something like this. The audience should eat breakfast every morning. Or Chicago should increase uh, social distancing enforcement. Or Illinois should legalize euthanasia. Or the United States should legalize marijuana for all of you April 20th folks out there. So you see what I mean? Your persuasive speech moving forward has to have the word should in it whenever you explain to me what your topic is in a sentence. All right? Recommend a course of action for that second big speech for persuasive and make sure you're following every single criteria that's laid out on Blackboard. You should always be on Blackboard and email me at jason.edgar at morton.edu if you have any questions. And also, you can email me at jedgar1982 at gmail.com if you have any questions as well. Now, before I go, I just want to tell you all that just because this class has changed to a remote class, that does not mean that we forget everything that we've learned in class so far. Go back to week one, the structure. You've still got to have a solid introduction that grabs the attention, that uh, connects the topic to the audience, and lays out the main points in one sentence. You also got to have three, as, and then you transition with pausing and then having some sort of transitional phrase where you have your three main points. You have a grand pause to the conclusion, review your main points in the conclusion, and then end with a concluding statement. This would be the public speaking structure if we were in class. This is the public speaking structure that you have now that you're remote learning, and it's going to be the public speaking structure that I want for your second and third big speech. As far as your delivery goes, you've got to make sure that you are making strong eye contact and reducing the reading down to zero. All right? Those of you that are lacking in eye contact or reading your speeches to now your family members who are going to make fun of you because you're just reading your speech in speech class... I'm on their side, okay? Your eye contact has to be strong, and you've got to reduce the reading. By the time you're at your third speech of this semester, your third big speech of this semester, I've told students I want the reading to be down to zero. No reading whatsoever, not even the verbal citations, okay? Your voice is also going to be affected if you read your speech because your inflection is going to sound like reading, your projection is going to be downward, and your rate is probably going to be choppy because you're reading your speech, okay? So, again, once you have strong eye contact and you're having a conversation style to the audience, that's, that's going to help your voice as well. Anything else I want to talk about with delivery? Mm, no. Um, when we're looking at visual aids, if you have a speech that has a visual aid, make sure you're delivering that or showing that visual aid in the body of the speech, not the intro or the conclusion, in the body of the speech when you're actually talking about it. When you're done talking about it or when you haven't talked about it yet, make sure it's hidden and out of view. Uh, research and development. Again, three verbal citations or if you're doing a value speech, one verbal citation. Um, in the body of the speech. Verbal citations should never be in the intro or the conclusion unless it's an attention getter and even then that doesn't get you out of the stipulation of the verbal citations that are needed in the body of the speech. Um, you can utilize Morton's online databases and Google and online, uh, what am I trying to say, newspapers just from home just like you would in class. That's actually one thing that you can actually, that really doesn't even 
differentiate between having a face-to-face class and an online class is that you can still study really strong at your home if you have internet access, okay? If you don't have internet access, now's the time to figure out how to get that access in this time of need, all right? And last but not least, your nonverbals, folks. Just again, make sure that you understand that I'm a human looking at your speech, and I can tell if you're reading your speech off camera, or if all you have is just you're just one big talking head, I'm not going to be able to grade your nonverbals. That's the reason why you need a full shot of you behind a podium so I can grade every aspect of your speech, including the nonverbals verbal aspects, okay? So there's tons of nonverbal aspects that are actually being halted uh, because of any sort of weird public speaking context that you're sending me. And that is it. How long did I talk? Do you miss my voice? Am I reassuring? All right, well, if you're still listening to me, let me just tell you that everything's going to be just fine as long as you continue to socially distance yourself. This is probably going to be, upcoming April, going to be one of the saddest news months that you've ever had, especially if you know people that are affected with the coronavirus. We're going to have lots of people die (laughs) in April. What a great way to end the lecture, Jason. But also, it's going to be a very, very boring month, right? Because you've got to socially distance for the month of April. But like Buddha says, all things are come to an end, okay? They have to. This pandemic is going to come to an end. This semester is going to come to an end. And you know what? If we if we never see each other if we never see each other again this semester, I promise you, once this thing is over, I'm having a big pizza party for my speech classes solely because they had to transition to online classes. Looks like I'm going about 21 minutes. I think these things are probably going to be about 20 minutes and I'm going to try to do them per week. Uh, but for those of you that are still listening, have a great day, be safe, and be sure to lose your fear, find your voice.